It's Saturday night at the compound. Tonight we're gonna to talk about sex. We're gonna talk about how real legit businesses get off the ground and what else are we gonna talk about? Uh... Yeah, buddy, you've downloaded Tropical Talk Radio where we talk about all things entrepreneurship, travel, and lifestyle. If you're interested in more about this program, check out tropicalmba.com. And if you sign up for our mailing list, I will personally send you 50 free podcast episodes that take you along on our journey and expose the insider story on how we started a million-dollar, honest-to-goodness product business while we traveled the globe. That's the same uh, that you did in that uh, four-hour workweek consulting yeah. video. That, to me, <laughs> was pretty much your comedic height, except for the, the fucking cat man drop. Let me, <laughs> before we get started with the show tonight, we got, we got David hey. Hemberger on the program, the Berganator, King of the Bergians. We got the CEO, yeah, on the program. We got rabies. The cat. We, we got rabies. Maybe you can get her to give a little meow. I don't know. Say hey, rabies. Yeah, she's she's really evolved into sort of the mascot of the house. Uh, seven i seven five star iTunes reviews so far, guys. So can golf we get clap? a golf clap? We can get a golf. Clap. Really warms my heart to wake up in the morning, check iTunes, and to see that we're getting recognition on there. So uh, Michael Burton is just amazed that we're giving away the information for free, and he says nothing to see here. We're giving an unfair advantage to internet marketers. Our good buddy Tim Conley went in there and said, uh, inside the minds of the business baller badass builders. Thanks, Tim, man. I really appreciate that. We got Tim on the LBP next week, so that should be good. And me, Jensen, says this podcast is a smashing success. Wow. It's baller. Right out of the gate, already a smashing success. I like it. <laughs> no, it's a lot to live up to. You know, I don't, I'm really pumped about this podcast because I just feel like... We're, we're, we can just relax and be ourselves and talk about whatever's on our mind. And it's kind of like up front, we told everybody, look, we don't expect this to be a game changer. This is if you've got some spare time, come hang out with us and listen to a couple of our thoughts about business and whatnot. Right. So anyway, it's Saturday night here at the compound. The cat's causing problems. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> just right off the table. Do you remember when we used to work at our office on Friday nights and like, drink ret we used to like go down to the yeah, store yeah. and buy monsters yeah energy yeah. drink yeah with that taurine yeah you know the active agent yeah yeah we and used to we used to do other things too you know it <laughs> the the more different we were being the better i felt about it right it's kind of like contrarian work like tonight it's saturday night right a lot of people are out at the club right now a lot of people are hanging out with a bunch of bozos at some villa party we're sitting here on the laptops, hustling, dreaming up the next big things that we're going to do with our lives and our businesses. And if it were Monday morning right now, it would feel okay. But because it's Saturday night, I sort of get that surge of energy. You know, it's like I feel like we're getting ahead. Yeah, when we were in San Diego, uh, we were basically like working out the back of, of our office at the time. And, and uh, San Diego isn't so dissimilar than a lot of other cities where you have these industrial parks where there's big complexes, you know, hundreds of roads that lead to uh, warehouses and, and offices with windows that don't open. Right. You know, all that shit. So me and you were just there, like, all alone. Yeah. Hanging out. In the business park, like, 9 o'clock at night, drinking drinking Red Bulls and Monsters, banging away. There comes that moment night. when you get, like, so deliriously tired, too, that you just get, like, re-energized. And I felt like our backs were up against the wall at that point. Like, we needed to make it happen. We were today on the, today's episode. We're going to talk about how that actually happened. Some yeah. of those things. First, let me recommend a book. 
This is a book. Have you read Sex at Tanya, David? Yeah, just I think we've all read it. What do you think about? Weeks ago. So, what's your raw impression like? The, this is a book called Sex at Dawn. Here, here's the reason why we bring this up is because I said today that I'm rereading parts of it, and you said the other day that you you made a comment about relationships and the way that relationships are supposed to work. Maybe the Western way that relationships are supposed to work. Right. And so we all kind of have our different opinions about that. I think, but this book was really one that um, that that poses a very different opinion than, than Western relationships. Well, and let me dig into Western relationships too, because what, you know, we were talking to Dave Huss the other day on the phone and we had a great conversation about marriage and relation, long-term relationships and stuff. And Dave Huss, Tropical NBA guy, really smart, insightful guy. And the script of what a Western relationship is has changed radically over the past 30 years I mean it changes a lot you can see like a lot of different conceptions of it and I have a personal theory that I think that change rate is accelerating like what we have been given by our parents and by romantic comedies and movies and stuff that's like it's way behind it's like way behind what we're currently experiencing like our lives are so different that the normalcy that emerges and what we're capable of yeah so it's, do elaborate. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 very uh, it's very kind of dated. Okay, so the Western relationship is is built on this uh, is built on a monogamous relationship. I really feel like like <laughs> you are just like walking uh, into a fucking Cambodian minefield right, right okay, now. Okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll make sure it's. Uh, let, let me talk history though. This is a theme in philosophy that I am utterly fascinated by. A lot of people know about this, and it's getting hot right now. You've heard of the Paleo diet, right? The whole premise of the paleo diet is you say, humans have been around for 150,000 years or 200,000 years, or whoever scientists you listen to, only for 15,000 years have we been operating within an, in an agrarian situation. Yeah. Before that, we were hunter-gatherers, tribal people. And basically what, what Sex at Dawn is saying is that th these types of relationships that these movies are built on, these Western relationships are were, were first originated around the time that agriculture started, when people started owning land and essentially people, correct? R right, and sexual mores change and all this, everything yeah. changes. So it's like a window into, um, you know, how 95% of the history of humans lived and potentially how they interacted sexually with each other. And the same way the paleo diet is like a window into how most people ate, uh, you know, for the majority. The same way Daniel Quinn, absolutely a must read, uh, Ishmael, the story of B, is, is a look into how culturally humans operated for the majority of human history. So I don't know if there's any like real takeaways from Sex at Dawn, but I think relationships and sexuality are so at the center of everything yeah. that, that we do that getting good information on it is critical because, I mean, marriage, speaking of the, the Cambodian minefield, which we'll call marriage, <laughs> um, you when you decide to get married with someone from a business perspective, you're signing away 50% of your earnings, of your business, of your life, of your everything for the rest of your life. Yeah. And you want to make that decision on really good information. Yeah. So this is a way you could get some good information. Yeah, I think Sex at Dawn, one of the big takeaways has to be that there are other ways to think about marriage and sex and relationships, especially now that 
I'd say reproduction doesn't necessarily it, reproduction isn't necessarily at the at the forefront of the conversation here. Like there's seven million fucking people on this planet. <laughs> there's seven billion fucking people on this planet. You know, like I don't think we have a problem with reproduction. We've we've got that down to a science. <laughs> Congratulations, everybody. <laughs> so there's other ways to think about it. These relationships, and I think huge takeaway for me at Sex at Dawn was was just framing that up in my mind. I wrote this article a couple months ago. It was called the Thousand Day Principle. And the Thousand Day Principle basically says, and this famous entrepreneur, a relatively prominent <coughs> entrepreneur, wrote the same kind of thing on a Hacker News article recently. And he said, it takes three years to get a business off the ground. And we talk often about this concept of runway. And the runway metaphor is taking off from the runway, not landing on the runway. Right. <laughs> David, <laughs> I, I, I was always thinking. I was always thinking of landing, as in, uh, when the run, if the if the runway is long enough, like you you can land and you survive, and if the runway is not long enough, you crash and die. That, right. That's how I thought of it. So what we're talking about with runways, we're talking about. You need a long, long period of time. I think you should work on that, though, David. You should you should work on that as a, as a rebuttal to this. The alternate metaphor. <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you why my metaphor is going to win. Because at the end of the of the runway, when you're taking off, something magical happens, and that's you get you get lift. You take off from the runway, and that's what we're all looking to do here. So, the thousand day principle. I see it over and over and over again, and I don't think people have it drilled into their brains enough how you are going to be poorer than you would be in a job for three years if you want to get a business off the ground, yeah. as a rule. And with the runway metaphor, you're talking about tons of momentum, tons of energy. I mean, basic calculation is this. I would take your savings account, or in the case of a VC ventured startup, you take whatever money's in the business bank account, and you divide it by your monthly burn. and That's a calculation that I still do on a daily basis. I still think about, man, because that's your freedom, you know? That monthly number, if you got, you know, 10 grand in the bank and you spend $1,000 a month, that means you have 10 months of freedom. Yeah. Cash is super important when you're, when you're starting out because you have to have cash to operate. And you look at some of these, um, these startup examples that you read about, these guys are taking like tons and tons of money and, and their startups aren't going anywhere. I've, I've been reading about this on Hacker News, I forget the specific Color. article. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. But yeah, this, this jerk is- a one word punchline. Yeah, just takes all kinds of money and nothing ever happens. And I think that's kind of a trend lately. You know, these, these companies are taking million, two million dollars and yeah. they're not coming up with anything. Also, you know, the thing about those stories are so overrepresented. Like people actually have an idea. Like you talk to first-time entrepreneurs and they're they're like talking about getting investors and all this kind of crap and it's like, "Really, dude?" You know? I mean, I I just don't see that's not how it works. You like get customers for a simple product and that's how companies get off. The well, ground. here's the problem is that that is exactly how it works, but people still don't operate that way. So people will go out and they'll build, you know, They'll build software and things like that that they don't necessarily have to build. Right, and we're going to get to that. That's about talking about the DNA of your company. But before you even have a company, back to the runway stuff, there's another concept that I have. Uh, I developed, I talked a lot about this with Sean Ogle last year. We call it Job Security 2.0 or the couch count. And so I have a secondary thing. So in case my runway screws up, I have something called the couch count. 
these are couches, friendlies, people that could help me out. Um, you start to develop this network of people when you become an entrepreneur. You know, it's a whole different, I feel like the employee, so many people that I meet that are in kind of like the consumer employee hamster wheel, they seem to have these incredible high level of expenses and no way out of them. It's like, right. well, if I stop paying my rent or if I stop going shopping for clothes, I'm not gonna be, I'm gonna get fired. Yeah, just ask Dan what happens when you stop paying your bills. Nothing, right? I mean, you're, <laughs> you're still here. Everything looks good, <laughs> healthy. It's good to go, man. You know, so the couch count for me is, is like this extra level of tenacity. I mean, it's absolutely critical that you are not spending any money and that you can keep that runway as long as possible. The fundamental thing here, I think, is that doing cool shit with your time is the paramount thing, is absolutely paramount. Not financing your lifestyle. Wait, I get a little bit worried when we're talking about this this runway and things like that, that people are gonna get the idea that they gotta save up because it's a classic fucking excuse. I gotta save up for a year before I quit my job so then I could start this this startup. So how do, you, how, do you, how do you say no, that's not how you build runway? You build up your couch count, man. You know, I got to a point when I was listening to internet marketing podcasts and personal development podcasts, and there was a switch that clicked in my head. I don't really remember the exact moment, but I realized that I could do it. I didn't have necessarily the income at the time that made sense, but I just knew I could do it. And at that moment, the most important thing in the world was that I do cool shit every day, like that I build our shit that I interact with cool people doing stuff that I thought was important. That was so important that I was willing to sleep on mom's couch in order to get it done. You look at Simon here at the house, like that was so important to him that he's willing to take on an internship in Southeast Asia to get it done. Um, you know, that to me is like, when I talk to people who are iffy about making the jump from careerism into entrepreneurship, and I present to them, you know, this idea that well, if you stop spending all this money on all these bullshit consumer expenses that you've got, you know, I've got the, sending my, I'm sending my kid to the best school in town. Your kid doesn't need to go to the best school in town. Are you serious? Send that kid, man. I'm fine. I didn't even go to school. Yeah, by the way, the kid's three. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, all these bullshit expenses and then it's kind of like, I don't believe them. I don't buy it that they really want to do cool shit. It's like, oh, well, we can't really move from the city or we can't do this. And it's like, well, you know what? I just don't buy it that you really care that much. That's what you call the eye of the tiger, right? What, one question is... <laughs> you always say, this guy doesn't have the eye of the tiger. <laughs> <laughs> one question that I've got for you, Dan, because you've probably talked to more aspiring entrepreneurs than, than Dave and I have at this point. But, you know... What do you think your conversion rate is on somebody like that? I mean, is it even worth having this conversation? I mean, how, how many converts are you getting from that? Who, who's selling their shit and, and going and becoming an entrepreneur from these conversations? I mean, I feel my point here is that people love to tongue the sore in their mouth on this stuff. <laughs> you know? People love to just bitch and moan about how they don't have any money and how they could never take Johnny out of fucking $3,000 a month kindergarten. You know, who, how many converts <laughs> do you have on this? A lot. Yeah. All right. A lot. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I, I'm trying to... It's, yeah, I mean, you know, people need to have those conversations. And it's so easy now at this point, you know, because the returns start to build up. So me and you, Ian, 
we've been entrepreneurs for four years. We've been entrepreneurial before that. And we had some educational runway before we started our company. And now we have things like this podcast in a dynamite circle that actually accelerate our learning. And it's so easy to go back to Johnny, my kids in $3,000 a month school and be like, that guy's never going to make it. But that was me too when I was 22. That's my point here is that, that we're converts. So me and you, you know, we had... You know, we had decent cars, and you know, I guess we still do. But you had a decent car. Right, for yourself. <laughs> you had a decent, you had a decent car. I mean, you're you're aspiring to buy stuff. You know, you're going to Nordstrom's on the weekend. Yeah, we uh, went to very nice clubs. Picking out, picking out curtains for the house. So essentially, we are converts. At one, at one, at a certain point, we had to make a decision about our business. We talked each other into it, and we kind of departed from our group of friends. Yes. You know, with each other's help. I mean, we didn't have a lot of. Um, we don't have a lot of inspiration. Well, back to, inspiration let's back this up to Sex at Dawn. It's about like rerouting like what's fundamentally possible for you and for your life. I mean, we can't stop sending Johnny to school. We can't stop doing that. We can't. We can't. Fuck that. You can do any. Fuck yes, you can stop doing that. You can go live in a fucking tent in your mother's backyard, sit there with your MacBook Pro, and make it happen. How bad do you want it? How bad do you want it? And I'm just, it's, it's absolutely fucking true. It takes three years to get a business off the ground. Like a smart, capable person with four limbs, three years, that's no small thing. If you're married, you might take a year and a half if you're lucky. Both jump on that shit. I mean, so I do think, like you said, David, I have the tiger. And it's about, and I think what happens, maybe this tongue in the sore is this, is this part, part of this. As you talk about it with enough people and you see enough case studies and precedent successes, the priority level of starting the business can start to rise. Because right now it's like, well, Johnny's schooling's a higher priority than us starting a business that Johnny could be a part of 20 years from now. And, you know, being around my mother-in-law is more, you know, naming it, you could name all the things that's more important for you. I think as the business becomes more of a reality in your mind, like, oh shit, I'm getting close to being someone that could be like that. All of a sudden, it goes up the charts, and you're like, "Well, now I'm ready to go." And when, and that is fundamentally doing that cool shit and saying, "I'm stop gonna buy into everybody else's shit," and literally buying their shit, right? And I'm going to be the producer now. I'm going to be building. Yeah, in in so reading Sex at Dawn can change your perspective on sex and relationships. Um, reading books on business can definitely change your perspective on the way you should lead your life or the way you should lead your business. So I think it's important to keep yourself open to these new kind of ideas because you can shift your life from whatever you want it to be uh, or from whatever it is to whatever you want it to be. And it's so powerful. We have this opportunity these days to, to be able to do that. Right. And a lot of it is knowing exactly what you're doing. We talk about being concrete. So let's talk about before we get off the program tonight and relax on our Saturday evening, Let's talk about this issue that I'm seeing all the time with new entrepreneurs. Just talking to a podcast listener today here in Bali. It's, it's, it's basically this idea of when you're doing a startup, you need to understand fundamentally what you're doing with your time and what the key values of your business is. And I want to use the dynamite circle as a little bit of a case study. So what ended up happening was, and, and Ian, I remember we were in Chat Cafe when we literally had this conversation with a fellow entrepreneur that suggested that we get an investor for Dynamite Circle. Yeah. And suggested that we hire a full-time Python developer right. utilizing with the investor's money, okay? To develop a software platform for a business that we didn't have yet. And this is 
sadly seems to be the rule for entrepreneurs. Yeah. Now let's back up and say what the alternate is. is now the Dynamite Circle is a cash flow business making thousands of dollars a month passively. And how much time do we spend in software development every month, David? Zero. Zero. I think you need to ask yourself what the DNA of your company is. Now, if you are not building software platforms for you know a broad range of customers using at that application, so in the case of Dynamite Circle, that would be if you are not creating membership software, do not create membership software. Right. Especially when you're starting. It's like you do one thing and that's it. Right. And so in the case of, you know, these entrepreneurs that I'm meeting, in the case of the Dynamite Circle, it was a watershed moment. We just stopped fucking with software and we said, we are a company that creates content, we cultivate customers, you know, we cultivate our community and we serve them. You know? And we don't have the DNA of being a software company. Right. And the, the sad part about this is like 90% of software functionality that I see people moving to the Philippines to get developed. I see people spending half of their life savings to get developed. I see people cutting down their runway by years to get developed. Those functionality, number one, they don't even know if it's gonna sell. They haven't tested it yet because it doesn't exist yet, so they don't even know if it's gonna right. work. Two, two years out, still banging away Fuck, at the keyboard. Fucking ridiculous, I've seen that a million times. I've done it myself, that's why I can talk so passionately about this shit. I've spent $20,000 on a software application that had zero marketability. Here's the, here's the biggest thing about this. 90% of those issues could be solved by picking up the phone or sending a couple emails. Yeah. Or doing a little bit of work around with some WordPress plugin or with some Drupal plugin. And I just want to send an encouragement out to entrepreneurs and say, look, I've seen it enough times and I don't want to be a jerk, but my diagnosis is fear. Is it so much easier to say, I pulled together, I pulled together 20 grand and I'm gonna move to the Philippines, I'm gonna hire two PHP guys and I'm gonna build this custom thing and it's gonna do all this stuff and then I'm gonna do customer acquisition plan and all this bullshit. It's like, right. wait a second. Let's put up a landing page with a PayPal fucking ugly ass button on it Tell me what you do and then ask me to buy that shit. Well, here's where people are getting some of the information from, right? They're getting it from... TechCrunch? Well, yeah, some of it's coming <laughs> from TechCrunch. Some of it's coming from uh, business schools. Some of it's coming from the Founders Institute. Uh-oh. Yeah. So, you know, you read about this stuff that's that's going on on Hacker News and these guys that are building software applications and iPhone applications. I mean, these are dev shops, you know? Yeah. So don't get it twisted here. Like, if you're not a dev shop, like you said, you gotta figure if you if you want to do a project like that, you gotta figure out minimum viable to get going. That's not gonna involve development if you're not a developer. Let me say something else, baller. This is a rule. Now, if you can break this rule, more power to you. But if you don't know more than me right now, you follow this fucking rule. If you can't write software, you do not start a software business. If you cannot write software, you do not start a business that is building out custom software for your customers. Now, here's when you can do this. I met a guy who owned a pizza shop. He's making fuck tons of money off of his pizza shops. And he knew that if he automated the cash registers with a software application, he'd make a shit ton of money. And this is a guy who I woke up drunk on a 65 foot yacht. So. I thought, yeah, you, uh, you he, almost said you woke up with. He's totally legit, no, I didn't wake that. up with him. So. <laughs> He already had the cash register. 
right? The literal cash register. To turn around and then to say, I'm gonna take 20% of this money that's coming through my cash register, and then I'm gonna invest it in automation software. More power to you, bro. Yeah, right there, we're, right there, we're talking about improving a, a process in your business. Right. We're not talking about building a business. Right, well, and you could risk it to go, go to India and build that software application or whatever. Here's the thing, and I challenge you, write me a freaking email. If you're starting a company that depends on custom software right now, I will send you an email back with a combination of use this WordPress plugin, use WordPress, plus when someone does this, just send them an email. Or I mean, there's always some kind of little workaround. And it's like, you don't have any clients, so why don't you just pick up the phone for the first couple of months? When you start seeing the till coming in, start seeing the cash flow coming in, then go, yeah, move to Manila and hire the two PHP guys if that's what you want to do. A million times hear the story about, well, that's not automated. How, how can I how can I do that if the process isn't automated, right? Oh, I got to take a PayPal and then I got to like manually sign them up. Yeah, you got to manually sign them Dynamite up. Dynamite Circle has 200 members, non-automated. I manually signed up 200 members. Who cares? You know, everybody, these entrepreneurs with zero money, zero fucking voila, Tenero, man. They're telling me it's not scalable. What? Are you out of your fucking mind? It's not scalable. Fucking look. If you've got 500 customers, you get the best goddamn problem in the world. You're fucking laughing all your, your non-scaled ass working 18 hours a day, fucking laughing into piles of money. And then take the money and make it scalable. First step: just hire somebody part time to help you out with all the orders, and then figure out exactly what you need to build for software. So this is the biggest problem. I challenge you, dear listener. Please do not develop software, custom software solutions for companies that are not proven yet. Do not do it. That is a rule. I've seen so many people screwing up with this stuff. Um, you know, and it, it ultimately is an emotional crutch. It's an emotional crutch to just picking up the phone or putting up the sales fucking page and putting the dumb PayPal button on it and saying, let me test this shit out. Right. Let me see if someone is interested in this value proposition. All right, guys, it's Saturday night. We've been talking a lot. Man, I love this doing this show. This is a good time. Any final shout, final parting shots you guys want to leave with the audience before before we get moving here? No, I gotta I gotta go. <laughs> I'm done. David, as I'm always, tired. thanks for joining us on Tropical Talk Radio. <laughs> it is 12:16 a.m. We are still working on a Saturday night. Feels kinda good, doesn't it? Follow, baby. Let's talk soon. Yeah. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. Don't be shy. We've got a mailing list. Check it out at tropicalmba.com. Get yourself signed up, and we'll keep you up to date on everything we do, plus give you those 50 free podcast episodes. If you want to say, hey, check me out on Twitter, at TropicalMBA. We'll see you soon.